0: Welcome to Charlie's Toolbox, the only podcast that teaches you how to be the main character in your life. Here, you can find all the tools and skills you need to de-center men, center yourself, and feel good about your life. Here's your host, researcher, observer, and marketer, Charlie Taylor. Hey, Toolies. Welcome to this week's episode of Charlie's Toolbox. This week, we are talking about the real, the gritty, and the shitty which is learning how to cope after years of neglecting your feelings. But before we get started, let's be sure to like, subscribe, and follow. It's a free way to support me and it's a way to get my content to rise to the top. Now let's get into this topic, turning pain into something useful. When I was in my early 20s, I used to suffer a lot. And when you are in your 20s, that's just what you do. You look great but you emotionally you're just grappling with so much. And the biggest reason was I didn't know how to cope. I didn't know how to cope with the peaks and the valleys of life. I was never taught those coping mechanisms. So I'd stuff those feelings down and not just ignore them. And I would ignore them so much that I would break down randomly in the quietness of my room, Or I would burst into fits of rage. And I would also, you know, distract myself so I would never have to think about it. And after years of doing this, I realized that this was not healthy nor was it productive. So I read books about feelings, learning how to feel them. I worked with a therapist to help me get to those stages and help me identify what was going on within me, and I started putting that theory to work. But I will kind of give you guys some insight. When you are first learning yourself after years of neglecting your feelings, you may find yourself becoming a bit extreme. And I know I was, and I know that people who are going on this healing journey can be as well. And I liken it to a person who first becomes a Christian or a person who first becomes who 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 is baptized after years of doing their own thing, they become overzealous because they feel like they found the answer, they found the hope and the joy, and they expect their world to change and follow their beliefs because it their their selves themselves their heart has changed. And that is often what happens when you start to learn your emotions and process pain and use those moments for good. You try to control everything. You try to control your world. So you are quick to cut off people when a conversation may suffice. Or you may see a red flag in everyone when it's just a difference of opinion or it's just how you guys are raised. You guys may have been raised differently. And you think that you're making healthy choices for yourself when often you are just slowly isolating yourself and not allowing the complexities of humanity to exist. And unfortunately, that's not coping. That is not using your pain or your emotions and your experiences for good or for knowledge or for assistance in And assistance in the goals that you're trying to achieve. That's just another form of control. And it also does not work. This is a coping mechanism that doesn't work. You cannot control your world because when you experience some sort of pain or you come across a disturbance in your life and when it's outside of your control, you're going to crumble in that process you're going to crumble in that moment instead of processing the pain and moving forward and the reason is your ego it made you think that you could control your world and you can't we cannot control our world we can control ourselves we can make the best choices but a lot of our choices are often dependent on other people and we can't control people we can't control how things work we can do what's best for us. We can put our best foot forward and we can hope that those make the changes. But the world is so big, we're filled with so many people that it is impossible for us to control our world. So instead of, you know, uh, isolating yourself by trying to control your world, instead of hiding from the inconvenience or the pain and the anger or the irritation, you have to do something better. You have to process it. And if there is a lesson, take it and move forward with hope and with joy. And if there is none, because some things, there is no lesson. There is no, nothing you can take from it. Sometimes it's just pure pain. And you should feel that hurt. And when you are ready and you feel relieved, remind yourself that you still have hope in your heart. Now, I understand that this is no easy task and trust me i am still working on not personalizing pain or inconvenience but so far here are some lessons and strategies i've learned to try to properly cope i feel like this is going to be a this is going to be an ongoing learning learning for me i'm going to learn about this process as I grow, as I age, because there are going to be some instances and some moments where I was not prepared for or I didn't think would come up in my life. And I'm going to have to learn how to cope through those moments as well. So Uh, Some lessons and some strategies that I've learned to properly cope is my first one and this is the biggest one that I am still working on and it's something that is it took a lot of uh, stress off my shoulders is understanding that pain it's going to happen no matter what you do how rich you are how beautiful you are how perfect you are you are going to experience pain it's going to happen. Pain is a part of life. So you have to think about it as a guarantee. And I was raised by a narcissist. Most people I know were raised by narcissists as well. And when you are raised by one, you tend to internalize the message that pain is specific to you. And you think that you are so special that life goes out of its way to target and harm you. And that's just not the case. That is a lesson we learn from our narcissist parents or our narcissist caretakers, but that's not the, the truth. Everyone feels the highs and the lows, and the only difference between you and a happy person is how they cope with it. How they learn from it. How they move on from it. How they keep joy and happiness in their heart despite whatever they go through. That's the only difference. So that was the biggest lesson that I had to learn. And I think it's one that you just have to internalize. That pain, those experiences are not specific to you. It is just life. Pain will happen to everyone. There is not one person on this earth who has avoided pain. Number two, coping, coping mechanisms, coping skills, they are muscles. Most, if not all of us, we're not taught the proper ways to cope. And that's why we have a lot of interpersonal problems. We don't know how to deal with our emotions and we project them onto other people. We are all learning how to build this muscle. And that was a muscle that unfortunately as kids... They were not exercising us. So when you are learning the art of coping and trying to understand your emotions, trying to process through it, understand that it is a muscle that will grow over time. You will not be perfect at it. Sometimes you're going to forget how to cope. And you're going to have to remind yourself of your skills that you learn. Don't you know shame yourself or beat yourself up because you may have to go back to the drawing board or you may have to start at um, step one. That's just a process. That is a process. That is how you learn how to build your muscles and eventually it will become innate to you. Number three, emotions tell you something about your needs and not about who you are. For example, if someone hurts your feelings, it doesn't mean you are sensitive it means something they said touched on something you deem delicate you can absolutely be hurt by it okay but the only thing you should take from that moment is that that is a delicate subject it doesn't mean that you are delicate it doesn't mean that you are too sensitive it doesn't mean that you don't have confidence it just means that that subject is delicate to you now when you learn that information about yourself you can do things like place barriers, boundaries around that subject. You can take yourself to therapy and investigate why that is a delicate subject to you. Or you can ignore the comment that someone said and understand that sometimes people who are hurting, they try to find what's sensitive about you and they try to poke, poke and prod at it. You can take it as that as well. The point is being hurt It does not mean anything about you. It does not mean that you are a bad person. It does not mean that you are a sad person or you have low self-esteem. It simply is information that you collect to better understand yourself and know what you need to cope efficiently. Number four, and this is one that I am working on and that I think is a great idea and strategy. You can feel your emotions for however long you want, but always make sure that it, there is an end goal. Now, some people, they have been instilled with a great coping mechanisms by their parents or their caretakers and they can feel something, process it, move on within a minute. Some people take it very hard, me, and they need some time to let go of those feelings. Both are right ways of doing it. So you don't have to shame yourself or try to rush yourself out of that process of feeling. I know that often those uncomfortable feelings, we want to just hurry up and get out of it. That's how I feel. I'm like, oh, I don't like how I feel. Let me hurry up and get out of that. That does not stop me from feeling those emotions. All that does is help me suppress those emotions. So your job is to feel, feel them. Feel through them. Don't rush yourself. Understand what's going on. And understand that, of course, like I said, feelings have to be felt. And it doesn't matter how long it takes. It can take six months. It could take a year. Maybe that's what you need. But the the what you always want to keep in the back of your mind is that you are feeling for an end goal. You are feeling for an end goal. Goal. You need to keep that end goal in mind or else you're going to keep on going through this circular process where you forget, you remember, you feel it hurts you again. You forget, you remember, you feel. No, you don't need to go through that circular process. You need to keep an end goal in mind. And when you let it go and you let it be a part of the past, let it be a part of the past. Number five, and this is something that I had to understand about How coping is, like how psychologists and psychiatrists, how they uh, structure coping. There are two types of coping. And one is active coping and the other is avoidant coping. Now active coping is being aware of the stressor and finding ways to minimize the negative outcome. Now, I am trying to be better at active coping. Um, I am choosing this route because I know for the long-term effect that this is going to be the most helpful for me. The second one is avoidant coping, which is characterized by ignoring the problem with denial tools such as drinking, drugs, sleeping, isolation. Now I have used those in the past. And unfortunately, it doesn't work. If that's something what you need right now, don't shame yourself. Sometimes you need that until you are ready to get to the stage of active coping. The point is choose what's best for you and find ways to process emotions so that you feel lighter, that you feel happier, that you feel healthier. That's that's the goal. It's all about you. Number six According to the Simmel Institute of Neuroscience out of UCLA, there are different styles of coping, and you can use whatever you feel is most appropriate for you in the moment. Now, I'm going to outline some of these styles, and these are things that you should kind of keep in the back of your mind and think about when you are creating things like an emotional toolkit, which is something that I uh, taught in episode sixty three or when you're thinking about a moment or a, um, a, a painful moment that you went through and you're trying to figure out some coping mechanisms that can help you process that a little bit better, this is what you need to keep in the back of your mind. So the styles are as follows: number one instrumental coping that focuses on the problem focuses on problem solving and how to tackle the issue to reduce stress. So your goal for this is to reduce the stress, the show, the stress on your shoulders, the load on your back. You're trying to find a way to do that. Number 2, emotion focused coping. It gathers tools To nurture one's emotional health during a stressful event. Now those tools can be friends, it can be community, it can be therapy. The point is you're you're gathering something to help alleviate or help you through a stressful event. Number three, social support. And it's described by the encyclopedia of the human brain. It involves... Seeking both emotional and concrete aid from others. So if you have a problem, say you have financial issues, you can get the emotional support by with a friend. And you can get the financial support by family members by helping alleviate that problem. The next one, meaning making. And this is one that I tend to gravitate towards is... Trying to find positive and meaningful aspects of a situation. I am one of those people who try to find the silver lining. I just feel like I. it makes me feel better. It makes me feel lighter. And when I make meaning of it, I can... Remember the lessons easier so that if I see a situation that represents something in the past, I can quickly go to that and remember, okay, yeah, this is how this went. I'm going to do something different so I can have a different meaning or a different experience with, you know, whatever whatever it is that I'm going through. Um, so that's kind of something that I gravitate towards. I love meaning making, but I am lear- learning the other processes of coping. The other form of coping is religious coping this is a great one that a lot of people use whoever your higher being is if you don't have a higher being you can bypass this but if you have a higher being uh religious coping is what it means is that in the face of adversity it is you are associated with positive outcomes so you know for those who are christian um and and believe in abrahamic um, beliefs You know, oftentimes we see a trial or a tribulation as something that God's trying to teach us or try to prepare us for something in the future. That could be a form of coping. And that's a good form of coping if it helps alleviate some stress or it makes you feel lighter. Um, And those are... The And also, um, religious coping is a fairly new branch of coping that people are exploring when it comes to coping styles. So think about what these coping styles are. Figure out which ones are for you, which ones you tend to gravitate towards. It just can help you better understand yourself. And when you go through um, something that makes you uncomfortable, uneasy, or painful, you can just remember those uh, coping Silos and just choose one to go to or you can just naturally allow yourself to go to whatever ones one that feels best for you Number seven of the tips and strategies that I'm using for coping and understanding myself is If you feel like you are isolating yourself To the point you're not seeking opportunities to connect with people This may be a sign that you aren't coping it may be a sign that you are not coping instead you are trying to control your world and like i mentioned before you cannot do that now this one is for you but it's also for me um for the longest i thought that controlling my world in this very uh i want to say authoritarian way was the way that i could prohibit pain that i could create ease that i could make my life feel better and unfortunately all it, it that doesn't work all it does is create isolation and I found myself especially when I was living in New York isolating because I was so overstimulated there were so many things that were outside of my control that I just really couldn't process so instead of you know properly processing understanding my environment feeling comfortable in that environment, what I did is I tried to push myself away from different people, started to be more in my house. And that's that's unlike me. I am a very sociable, social person. I love to be out. I love to experience new things. So I realized that isolation, those things that I was trying to do, it does not work. It wasn't healthy for me. And it was just me trying to control my environment, which is something that you just cannot do. Unfortunately, Unfortunately, you cannot do that. Um, number eight. Sometimes those feelings, they're going to come back. And it does not mean you are healed. Now, this is a big one that I, 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 I don't know. It's a recent, a recent strategy or a recent idea that um, I learned. Sometimes those moments, sometimes you're going to reflect over those moments and you're going to feel that moment. But it doesn't mean that you're not healed. It does not mean that you aren't healed. For the longest, I just didn't understand it. I thought every time I felt uneasy when I was reflecting over the past, it meant I was not over it. And it's just not true. These are moments that had a substantial impact on your life. They shaped who you are. They shaped how you see the world. Of course, you're going to have feelings about it. Of course, when you reflect over it, it may bring you back to that moment and you may feel like you are still there. Of course, those things are going to happen because you are human. You are human. You may forever feel uneasy when you reflect over it. And it's because that was a painful moment. It might have been a violent moment. It might have been, uh, it, it it you can feel those moments because those moments happen to you and that's okay. It doesn't mean that you have not properly coped. It doesn't mean that you are not healed. It doesn't mean that you're not healing. It doesn't mean any of those things. And sometimes we like to uh, um, apply that to us. Oh, I I feel triggered or I feel this. I'm not healed yet. No, you're a human being. You're just feeling an emotion of an experience that was very painful to you. That makes sense. So don't internalize that as I'm not properly healed. I don't know how to cope. You do know how to cope. You have used coping before. You are building the muscle to cope. So you know, try not to be so harsh on yourself and hard on yourself, and understand that that's okay. If you if a moment pops in your head, which me I could be washing the dishes, and a moment where I experience something really painful will pop up in my head, and I'll be like, damn, like that was really fucked up. That's okay. I'm still healing. I'm still working through life, but it doesn't mean that I'm, you know, I. I It doesn't mean anything about me. So I hope these strategies, they help you. You know, I hope they give you some peace of mind. Because when I learned them, like I said before, it really took a lot of pressure off of me. I was not so stressed. I was not so critical. I didn't isolate myself so much because I understood that I'm a human being. And this is this right here coping the emotions the feelings the experiences this is what it means to live so you know keep these things in mind and you know on that note you guys you take care enjoy your life enjoy the beautiful moments and try not to put so much pressure on yourself because you don't deserve it take care bye For show notes, be sure to check out charliestoolbox.com. Follow Charlie on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Charlie's Toolbox. Thanks again for listening to Charlie's Toolbox.